Hello and welcome back to the Point 99 podcast. For anyone who's not familiar with the show, the Point 99 podcast is a running podcast made by runners for runners. If you're new to running, we hope to have topics and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. Or for any seasoned runners, maybe some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences. Whether it's lessons that we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories or heartstring pulling moments. We hope you'll stick with us while we try to share some good vibes, motivation and positivity. And hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. I'm going to kick things off this week with a massive thank you to everyone who got in contact about the last couple of episodes and all the positive feedback that you've had so far. It was fantastic to be joined by Rachel on episode two and three to cover her pre and post Amsterdam experiences. It was honestly quite refreshing to have the highs and lows to be able to give to you guys to show that it's not always just positives all the time, which social media and the internet generally can be really bad for portraying because a lot of time people are going to hide the negatives or what they perceive to be negatives. And we do actually cover that in today's interview, but uh, it didn't go quite to plan for Rachel. If you've not heard the episode yet, or at least episode three, I highly recommend taking a listen back and see what you think and find out how Rachel got on with Amsterdam. As far as Amsterdam is concerned with my own running, I have only just got back out as of Monday. I've been out twice this week already, just taking it easy. I would say easy. The The paces aren't easy. The heart rate isn't easy, but I'm not going out there to go super easy as in training for a marathon zone two stuff but I'm also not going out to break any records I'm going out to enjoy running which as much as I've enjoyed the whole training process the last 16 17 weeks has been a massive undertaking it is just something else training for a marathon so I've really kind of taken a step back just to enjoy running again without the pressure of having to achieve something at the end of it I took last week off uh, away from any physical exercise, weights, uh, strength and conditioning, running, other than walking, um, to, to just give my body the best opportunity and the best chance to recover. There's so much that could potentially go wrong from putting undue stress on the body after a marathon. And as I say, in the previous marathons, I have gone out within a few days and it's not been it's not been great. So I've really listened to my body. I've listened to the advice from others as well and just really relaxed. And it was it was great to be able to do nothing for a week. But try to tell that to my head. Um, it was a bit of a struggle to not want to go out and run. Um, it's, it's so good to, to be able to get out and just be at one with yourself. But I've got there. I'm back out. Um, back listening to other podcasts, back listening to books, uh, music, because um, that's when I really do it. It's, it's my it's my own time, um, but glad to be back. And I'm sure I'll be smashing 
all sorts of different distances again soon. But at the moment, there's no plans to sign up for any events. I'm just taking my time, taking it easy. And as I say, just enjoying the love of running again. As far as running goes for others in the community, however, there were a few events on over the weekend. But the particular events I'm going to cover are the women's and men's 10Ks that took place, uh, I think, both in Edinburgh. So we had a few names that are regular to my own feed and some that are regular to the podcast. So to cover the women first, there was Di Brander, uh, Annie and Lauren, who are the running girls, Scott's Lassie Runs, Nadine, um, Eileen Runs for Sanity, Cat Runner Mum Running Short Stuff, the lovely Lane, and Geese on the Run, a few PBs blasted there, uh, a lot of happy faces, a lot of um, smiles, and that's all positive. It was great to see everyone doing so well. On to the men, however. We do have, um, I'm going to say Owen, I think it's Owen, who is Scottish runner, um, similar name to our Ryan, uh, Scottish underscore runner, but uh, Owen had the name first and he did a fantastic time. Chasing the Edinburgh runner, Jace, who got his PB in the distance. He was a little bit disappointed recently when I was getting closer to him. I, th- I think I might have beaten him when I did my 10K, 10K sorry, uh, effort at um, Inverness. So he is once again ahead of me. He did phenomenally well. And he was also there with Miles with McCracken and Runshine on Leith. A special massive shout out, however, to David Wright, and that's David Wright 1989. He is the face and name behind the Wright 5K, I think it was. It took place earlier in the year that we gave a shout out to. He actually finished first and he was absolutely flying. He is a phenomenal athlete. Uh, mega congratulations to David. But as I say, it was fantastic to see a feed of smiley, happy people, to see PBs getting smashed and just generally everyone having a great time in the sun. Otherwise, I don't have much to cover from the community or from my own perspective. I'm just, as I say, enjoying being back out running and watching everyone else smash their goals. So we're going to stick with the Edinburgh theme, however, and move on to our guest for this episode. I make reference to it in his introduction, but my guest today is perhaps one of the biggest supporters of the podcast and has been since day one. But moreover, he has been a massive help to myself in the past few weeks, especially on the run up to Amsterdam, as I was having a few doubts about my own abilities and what time I was going to do. And in reality, the prediction that he came up with and a few others and the support that he showed me was bang on. Um, I got really close to what they thought I was going to do from all the training that I'd done. It's not something that comes... Um, natural to him. He's quite a shy guy, but at the same time, he is also the figurehead of the EH3 Milers. So he's used to sharing wisdom, guidance and support to a number of amazing runners, a big social group. But we're going to learn more about them as the chat goes on. This season is proving to be a season for firsts for the podcast. Not only was it the first Uh, back-to-back episodes with the same 
guest. But now it is the first time I've had a guest come back to me and ask if we can re-record the interview that was previously recorded. For the most part, for the rest of the season, it's pre-recordings that took place in advance of episode one with Will from Active Root. Um, I thought I will get ahead of myself, make my life easy. And for the most part, it seems to have worked. The episodes sound really good. And I thought this one sounded okay, the pre-recording, but he was quite nervous at the time and wasn't really sure how everything would come across. And um, we happened to meet up in Edinburgh a number of weeks ago for Patrick Watkins being in town. The drinks were flowing the chat was was amazing and yeah everything kind of just gelled a lot more and he asked the question of could we re-record and of course I'm going to do everything in my power to make a guest feel happy and comfortable with the result of their episode so we've re-recorded um obviously um and this is the result of it coming up now. So I think without any more stalling, I'll introduce a familiar name to the podcast for anyone who is a regular fan. And that is Chris.runs.a.lap Chris Evans. My guest today is yet another podcast first, being the first to ask for his interview to be re-recorded. Since he's already heard the original introduction I've penned for him, this is take two of my own. During the first recording, I called him an enigma or an international man of mystery. But I've since changed my stance on those, especially now that I've had the privilege of meeting him a couple of times since the first interview. The tally of ultra runner guests also rises as he is once again another ultra runner. Sure, he may be a multi-event ultra-marathon finisher, but that doesn't make him a bad person. Maybe just a crazy one. Anyone who's had the honour of being in his company or had him slide into their DMs will attest to that statement, as he is no stranger to humour and using it as a tool to push others to achieve their goals. But humour and self-torture through ultras aside, he is the current figurehead of the EH3 Milers, which I guess is where his ability to share wisdom, guidance and support through humour shines the brightest. He really does make running inclusive for all. The most important part of everything that I know about him, however, is how much of a support he has been to the podcast. So please help me welcome today's guest once again, Chris Runs a Lap, Chris Evans. Hi, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny listening to the re-recording. A re-recording of a similar intro, but different. Yeah. I was all prepared for the original one as well. I'm not... Did you take notes? Did you take notes and you're like, ah, I, I can I can take the mick out of him for this, that, and the next? Um, no, I mean, we've, we've still got the shoes to take the piss out of Steve. So. <laughs> I can't wear them anymore. Um, it, it turns out today, uh, I happened to say to, to Jace, the Edinburgh runner, um, about orange being the fastest colour because his pal was at Miles with McCracken was all dressed in orange for their run club and he's like, oh that'll be the that'll be the Rangers fan in him and I've realised I'm gonna have to burn all my fast orange colours now. <laughs> we, we had um Alex came down for a Sunday run so that was his longest one since Loch Ness when you seen him up there. <laughs> he turned up dressed in orange as well and <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a tribute to you, but it's contagious. 
<laughs> Tangle man's been out. Yeah. You've had a good day though. All good. All good. Um just busy as usual. Um we've got Halloween run tomorrow. <sighs> so final preparations for that. There's usually a few secrets and surprises. Are you dressing up? Uh, secrets and surprises. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, there'll be some dress up. There'll be some jumping out of bushes or something like that. But um, should be good fun. Good. good. <laughs> Will Uncle Lee be there? Do you think? I don't know. We've not seen him um, like a couple of months back. Uh, him and Ali, um, who was on Young Hearts last week, so they they started a Thursday night. So they've been mostly channeling their time into that. But it's been it's been going really great, especially like. You know, um, so for those that don't know, H3, it's a um, a little three mile in the city run to the pub. It's, you know, generally not hardcore trail runners or anything, but um, we're actually in a position where there's a good solid sort of 15 going up into the hills after dark, into the Pentlands. Um, I'm someone that wouldn't normally be comfortable out in the trails after dark, but um, when you're up with another 10 plus really good strong headlights around you it's it's a really good feeling i mean you, you managed to convince patrick watkins to go up the pentlands in the dark in the heavy blowy wind without him having a head torch on and you didn't lose him off the edge of that cliff he was stood on so i mean positives yeah he, he didn't he didn't know what he was in for he also <laughs> didn't know he was on the edge of a cliff <laughs> it was about i think we had about 40 mile an hour plus gusts and he was right on the cliff edge but um, yeah, I, I sent him a photo a couple of days later of where he was standing <laughs> and um, why we were all standing up on there screaming, enjoying it. But yeah, it was a great night. So the takeaway there is you can be safe in the city centre running the shorter duration or you can go up the Pentlands in the dark and you're still going to be safe. And unless you're with Lee, then you might get a little bit lost. But um, tangents aside, he, he gets a rib, ribbing about that enough. He, he's getting better. He's getting better. We're looking after him. <laughs> <laughs> An old dog can learn new tricks, you mean? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to start with the EHC milers then, since, since we mentioned it there, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll backtrack a little bit to the you know your formative years of running. Um You've just indicated there EH3 predominantly is the area of Edinburgh and you run around that set area pretty much, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. It's just um, where we started. So a guy, Dan, from New Zealand, he was living over here at the time. And um, at that time, the choices were significantly more limited than just now. But um, basically, you had the old athletics clubs um and then there wasn't much in the way of like pure social running away from athletics so um he just set up this um pub meetup over a meetup a free to attend thing and um i joined about three months into it but it's like i've never ran consistently i've done i think probably before this i was about a park run every three months and and i know a lot of you have got um good experiences of meeting people at parkrun but for me you turn up and you don't speak to anyone new and you leave like I, I didn't do volunteering or really put myself out there but um yeah that's still the experiences i feel at, at parkrun no offense to it um whereas going along to bh3 you're welcomed in you you met new people um and then now it's just like having a little local 
a local pub to go to every Wednesday, whether you're running or not. And it's a brilliant group. I mean, that's the most important part to take away is it's always the pub. The the, the pub is the the start point or the end point and crucially where, where you're all going to end up anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very much social first. Um, running, we just happen to have a run, really. I don't think most people, you know, most people aren't geeing themselves up for it. It's um, just part of the miles that we clock up over a week. So it's um, it's brilliant. I can attest as well for anyone listening. You want to head along if you're in Edinburgh or you're in the surrounding areas. You want to head down. Chris is he comes across as quite a a shy sort of guy, but get a couple of drinks in him, and uh, he he is he is the Joker. He's everyone's friend. <laughs> as as you were you were Wednesday's definitely loosen up later on. Yeah, you were in very good form, and we met up with with our uh, already mentioned Patrick Watkins on his his visit up. Um, from from well, where he'd been, started off in England, came up on his adventures, and yeah, I was that was a really good night out. Enjoyed that, and it was properly good to meet you because I met you once before. At, we're going to mention the event later on. Oh, I was, I was less jolly that day. Let's say that. Yeah, you were less jolly. <laughs> well, you were happy when you were in your tent box, but um, yeah, and, and then we had the joy of running with you at Parkrun. But I, I could see what you're meaning there. You were quite happy. Maybe that's just because me and Patrick took off and left you. Um, but we, we were quite happy jogging away. And I was talking to people who had uh, race shirts on from the Baxters Loch Ness because I recognized it. But even even some of those people um, didn't really want to talk. It's different at your at my home one because I, I know you're, everyone. You're down, in, you're down in Edinburgh, Steve. That's maybe yeah, cool. nobody wanted to talk. Everyone <laughs> seemed to be focused on trying to get round without keeling over. And it, I suppose it was very, very wet. Um, it's really wet. It's a horrible I, hill at the start of that one as well. I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> maybe that's just the psycho in me. Um, it's the future like, trail runner in you coming it's out. It's the future trail runner. We'll get right to that. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get a backtrack a little bit and 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 start out where where you, where you started out. Um, where did running start for for a, a younger Chris? Um, I mean, I was probably I think I was late twenties, probably about twenty nine, and um, so I worked for a company based in Australia, and we at the time we had a trip over every year. And um, Mark, who I now run with, he he joined the company and he was like, oh, um, there's City to Surf's on the same week that we're over, which is, I think it's a 14K, but it's it's their equivalent of London Marathon. There's like 60,000 people run it. There's bands every kilometre. It's, um, it's chaos. So, yeah, we flew out on the Friday night. Um, our conference that we were going to wasn't until the Monday. So we had... Um, the Sunday morning was um, city to surf, so um, yeah, just had to run a, a little bit more in the run up to that. Um, so that would have been, I think, August twenty eighteen, and then um, around the September, I think I was just continuing running a little bit more, and that's when I stumbled upon EH three. So it was kind of it all started around that sort of time, but um, basically just from EH three, I was all of a sudden running three miles every week and then um dan and eric and a couple of other guys were doing you know we started a, a winter 10k which was um start and finish from basically my front door so i had no excuses <laughs> um and then following on from that we had just like gently increased 
the runs with trips out to the Pentlands and seeing how far we could take a little social run group. So, and yeah. from from there, you continued to run then. Um, and, yeah, and it just to, became to... more. Um, I'm I'm sure you were the same when you get to that. Initially, running is hard, but when you get to the point where you can talk, yeah, like suddenly everything opens up. And yeah, suddenly I could um, explore further places, little nooks and crannies like Edinburgh's fantastic for running around, um, and then as well, just meeting more and more people. That's, that's certainly it was something that kind of regularly comes um, to the kind of forefront of my mind. There's, a, there's one of the routes that I used to run a lot when I first started out regular running, um, and I was trying to do. 10 kilometers, 15 kilometers a week. And that was hard for me doing a 5K. Um, and and you get people now kind of say, and you'll probably get it as well, they ask you, how do you manage to run X distance each week? And I'm probably in the, the middle ground of distances. But I used to find it very difficult. Um, and now it is, my distances are a lot higher. It just becomes natural just through the regularity of it, really. Yeah, so what I did this the second year was a really fun year um, for me. I there was a I was trying to find a way of doing this, but basically I was like, how do you add up? And there's so many ways of doing it now, but in 2019 there wasn't really much. So there was a website called My Virtual Mission, and you could put like two points on a map. <laughs> week I would, you know, I had Strava, but you'd have to log in and actually like re reapply your your run from that week every week but you could just see it um totting up across the week so um john goes to land's end i can't remember what the total number is but it works out about 25k a week so 2018 i was i think my peak week was maybe about 27 to 30 but then i'd have like three weeks in a row of nothing mm -hmm. so it's just like 2019 i just want to be consistent um and that was a fantastic way of doing it because I could see, okay, you know, oh, I'm 20K behind, I'll do a couple of 30K weeks. Um, and the route, like, it was brilliant. The route came down, came across Fourth Road Bridge. Um, so the old Fourth Road Bridge, which you can run across. Um, so I actually did that point at the same time, like I was actually on on the map. And then, um, so I did, my first half marathon that year and then i think i ended the year with like a 23k it was me really pushing it at the time yeah um but it, it just set things up pretty nicely um well obviously things changed 2020 but um doing that sort of consistency challenge across the year was a really good way of doing it and it really kind of drove you then to as you say things changed certainly in 2020 but was that then maybe where you pivoted from the mid middle sort of distances to the distances that you are I would say known for running now for those that know you uh so 2020 you just had a lot more time in your day yeah so uh, you know you just I had a breakup in 2019 so 2020 I just I had all the time in the day like especially once you were laid out more than half an hour <laughs> so and it was such a really hot spring that year as well so yeah. i easily just go out for and you know i would run run and walk i would generally like run as far as i could in one direction and then just walk it back mm -hmm. just 
enjoying being at the house really. So um, yeah, the distances, it took me a long time to get distances properly and I still don't really run them mostly. Um, but it's just being patient and taking time, enjoying being at the house and seeing new places. At what point then did you sign up for? Now, I, <laughs> I, I, I know that my question is coming up next, but I've forgotten the name of the first ultra that you did, and you did tell me the story about it. Um, we we like, can't repeat the name of the first ultra I did. <laughs> Can you say where it was? Because I want to ask you where the so where anyone that I didn't know that that Chris runs a dot lap. Oh no, sorry, that that's a completely different one. That was one. it right? Okay, okay. I um, thought I, I thought you said that was the first one, the one that you it, it was. You got very close to no, completing, and then you didn't complete. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So the first one I did was a. It was a essentially a lockdown. Um, oh right, yes, yes, yes. So it was um, at the time Rat Race did. Um, I can't remember, like the Ultra Tour of Edinburgh or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but being rat race, it was extortionately expensive. And I just didn't think the route looked that great. It's a bit like, you know, what everyone says about Edinburgh Marathon. It's it's not the best route considering the city that we're living in. Yeah. Um, so I'd obviously spent most of the lockdown just finding all these little connecting paths and railways and back streets that connect all the hills and um, all the way out. So from um, right in the center of EH3, I just um, ran connecting up all the little trails to the hills out into the Pentlands, um, most of the Pentlands skyline, and then coming back along Waterleaf Trail as well. Um, so it was, a, it was a great day out. That's just reminding me, Chris, that's the one that you had someone come and meet you, didn't you? Yeah, so um, Blair, who ended up running EH3 with me for about a year or two, um, he was, I think he was unemployed at the time or between jobs. Um, so he he ran 11k out to where I would join Water Relief. Um, and that was like after I'd been out and around the Pentlands. So I think it was about bang on my 42.1. But like coming across the Pentlands, I had those 40 mile an hour winds that uh, me and Patrick had up on the cliffs. <laughs> I had those as a headwind coming across um, from the turnhouse to the Kips, which is a pretty hefty, hefty point to be hitting those winds. So I was I was ready to, um, I would have actually dropped out and got a bus from <clears throat> Balerno down on that side. But um, Blair was at the pub. I was already running like an hour and a half late. Um, so I had to continue to the pub, sat down, had a pint of the back of crisps with Blair, um, started talking about bus routes, and he said, "No, we're not getting the bus." He's <laughs> just like, "Not, not a chance. We're running." So, um, yeah, it was a very slow, very slow run back, but um, he he made sure I got it done. The first, the first one was yeah, it was a self-imposed. You you tortured yourself just for fun. And I get that any event you sign up for it is just for fun, but you usually have the the medal to look forward to at the end of it. This that one was just you heading out, setting over it, and going for it, and seeing how you got on. Just seeing what what was possible, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was actually fourth time lucky. Um, it was my <laughs> attempt at doing it. Yeah, we'd had um, 
I think the first one I had, I made it about two and a half kilometers and it was, so I hadn't even left the city and just feeling a couple of niggles. I was just like, no, I don't want to, don't want to go up into the Bentlands feeling like this. And then the other two, I just, I think I was like taking, I think I took Fridays off. I had a really quiet Thursday night. I was in bed at eight o'clock or whatever. Woke up at, I think the plan was to set out at six. So the alarm was set at half five. And then, like, both times I tried, I would just suddenly look at my watch and I was still on the couch at 10 o'clock. <laughs> just <laughs> overthinking, completely overthinking. And then um, the fourth time I had a bottle of wine the night before, slept really well, overslept. <laughs> and so that was half an hour of the hour and a half I was late getting to Blair. It was, um, but yeah, it was just, it just showed me, like, overthinking things is you know, taking a race too seriously, it's, you can ruin it. Here's me just calling you in the introduction crazy and then to try and do the same thing four times and eventually getting there because Blair wouldn't let you uh, throw in the towel. That is effectively crazy. Um, <laughs> so you, 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 took, yeah, you took that though and you did go to an event with a medal. That's the most important part for me of any event is I'm not going to do something unless I'm getting a medal. Different running a half marathon on training run or 30k, but anything over that, I need something to give me that incentive to do it. And you, you signed up for now. Is this, is this the event you signed up for? Where your name uh, comes yeah, from? Yeah, so uh, I signed up for. Um, well, I did Dramathon, the Dramathon marathon. So after after my own ultra, Dramathon marathon just to check um you know just to check it wasn't a fluke really um so i i ran that at a really comfortable pace with my buddy matt and so that that felt good um and that year it wasn't underwater like it was this year oh it was no it was a beautiful year good almost every year that i do an event it's um really cracking weather so i was lucky <laughs> um <laughs> After that, um, just to step up the distances a little bit, I did the, there's a Northumberland Endurance Life one. Um, I spent most of winter really breaking it about that one because it goes along the coast from, um, I forgot the name of the castle, Annick Castle up to Bamborough. And it's like at least 30k of coast beach running north in winter. So like if you had if you had a proper southerly wind, yeah, like thirty mile an hour ice blast with sand in it, it's a horrible day. But we had, um, I think we had about ten mile an hour tailwinds going up. So, um, so yeah, that was perfect. And then, um, yeah, I, I took on the lap in twenty, yeah, May twenty two, <laughs> which um, went mostly okay. I would hope so with a tailwind too. No, it's it's a full circuit. So he... All right, okay. So you had a headwind eventually. <laughs> maybe just, uh, not, maybe just, just a little bit more protected. It's just a calm, sunny day. It was perfect. All right, okay. It got a little bit too hot. Yeah, yeah weak Scotsman going down south. So. I, I think we had this conversation uh, at the at the meal, though, because effectively you've done a lot of a lot of these events, though, have been self-imposed, um, but you have done quite significant larger events that we have featured on the podcast in the past, like Glasgow to Edinburgh. Um, and just, just before you, 
you we, we hit record you were kind of recounting about listening to the, the guy that won it the year you took part and the difference in what he was doing to, to what you race. were doing yeah, yeah it's a different race a different race so what he was having energy gels you're saying and you were eating pies <laughs> along those lines yeah yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I had the time to i had time to get hungry so yeah that's that's one of your <laughs> kind of key photos on your on your post uh, on your profile is glasgow to edinburgh with that absolutely plate size of a medal um which is it to me that's that's something that i'm looking at and going that would be great that'd be great to do that i don't want to do the race i just want that medal um you gotta earn it steve come on i gotta got earn it exactly <laughs> exactly but that you've for for all the success that you've had events like that you have had events where they haven't gone right like like your own self-created routes there have been events where you get there and it's just just not your day and um, like I kind of hinted at or mentioned previously, that's where your handle of Chris runs a lap comes from because you didn't quite get around the lap. You had what something like short, like 10 kilometers left. No, uh, it, was, it was 5k. Was it 5k? <laughs> right. So it's even worse. But at it that was, point, you yeah, were was, completely it was, gone. It was 70k into a 75k. It was, um, I mean, what appealed to me about this um, particular race is um it's so there's as good as no t- cut off it's a 24 hour cut off for 47 miles it's um it's 47 miles so most races that sort of distance the race director will you know tweak it around and make it 50 because that's a big round number yeah Whereas they just went this is the best route that we can do and it happens to be 47. So I just really like those aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, like the feed stations are incredible. It's pretty good value, I think. I was around 80. I'm doing it next year, and I think it was a little bit more now, obviously. But um, really good value for what it is. And it's just a very inclusive event. You know, all sorts of like there's hikers that do it because of the time that you get to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just... It was a really hot day and I just didn't have hydration right. And then it got to this point where I was just going slow and going backwards. And I think I was, it was around 20 minutes a kilometer on flat was the best I could do. And they were saying, oh, it's just a park run to go. But, you know, it's a two and a half hour park run. <laughs> <laughs> That's like right, about yeah. to get dark and it, it just wasn't you know i wasn't there to suffer through and have the worst possible day it's um yeah so like i just pulled out i was um it's what i was happy with you know i'd gone further gone further than you know twice twice further than um, my initial thoughts of pulling out um but yeah i'll be back and get it done next year hopefully have some sunny weather again and i'm get sure some, get some revenge. a lot more experience in the legs so yeah now, why couldn't you have taken that sunny sunny sunshine to loch ness 24 then so that was another event where you you probably put everything you've learned over the different events and over over the last few years into practice um to to use common sense to when you had had enough as well you, you didn't you had a target in mind but at the same time you didn't want to absolutely abuse your 
body you're, to to achieve the you're talking the, about the learning learning from experiences i you know the weather the forecast running up to it was sudden right um I'm yes sure, like yeah it was it was out. glorious sunshine probably. it was glorious sunshine and i was just i was worried about that <laughs> the heat for you know okay it's not 24 it's a 24 hour run but it's not going to be heat for 24 hours but i was like need to get through the afternoon so that was every last bit of planning i'd done was around the heat i had um we had uh, two of the girls were coming up on saturday morning and they were going to the shops and picking up bags of ice. <laughs> and they still they still did. <laughs> so I, I I wasn't like I was only planning to take one pair of trail shoes and that was just for walking around camp on the Friday night. Like I just didn't expect it to go as awful as it did. Um yeah, it was a it was a horrible, horrible weekend. Um I just I think I made it to 10 hours and it it wasn't my peak. It wasn't my limit, but my feet were just so wet. They were, you know, I could have gone another two, three, four hours. There's no way I could have gone 14. Mm-hmm. And it was just a case of how bad do I want to feel the end of this? How long do I want to have to recover? Like I wasn't going to be any more proud of an extra free lapse on that. So, um, yeah, because yeah, everyone's coming away with the same medal, no matter how far you do. There's, there, as long as you do one lap, you, you effectively have earned your medal. Um, and then at the same time, you're not competing not, with yeah. the, the guys that are on with much. Nah. No, but, no, no. Um, yeah, it's. I, I think it's like it's the same with when you see people posting DNFs online it's always i always post it's the right decision yeah and it's like for me it's a it reminds myself that if i'm going to go into something you know even like around at the pentlands you can ego can push you past what you should do and if you know that you'll pull the plug on something when it's not right it gives you the confidence to go into something harder mm-hmm because you know you're not going to be silly with it. You know you've got, like, you know, when I had the the ultra tour that I planned out myself, um, there's, like, escape routes off every hill with bus routes back, and that was all planned out as well. Yeah. So it's, there's always ways out, um, but you got to try things. And it's, it's good, though, have someone like yourself where you're not hiding the hiding the negative effectively negative that some people would look at it with false positives all the time of i i, I got and i i, I suppose i'm bad for that because more recent than not it's a lot of pbs and a lot of look i'm just doing all this amazing stuff but and i do try and post the negatives as well but maybe because i post so much more than you do it's it's washed away. Whereas for, for yourself, you're you don't post a lot on your own profile. You post a lot on the, the EH3. So you see the, the positives with the they're not failures, but the the DNFs. So you get a true and honest picture of, of what you're yeah. doing. I mean, you did like for me, I I was watching your your training plan and how you were reacting to it. And there was definitely negatives in 
you've said yourself a, a negative in doing a 16 week plan mm -hmm. like it a full structured plan is hard and not just on the running but on it's a big commitment on everything yeah so and yeah it's, it's very difficult that was a lot more difficult than a 12 we could ever felt because i had to yeah 12 weeks you're still balancing with with personal life and with work and how your body feels and how your mind feels but 16 weeks was just that was crazy that that just it just felt like it was going on forever talk to me about how you train though for uh your events and because you, you, yeah you don't post that much and you, so you don't really show much about your training but um how do you train is it is it predominantly eh3 is makes up the majority of your running and then you do bits and pieces yourself or how does it work for you it's it's a fair bit of that um like i i just work off one main rule of thumb which is weekly mileage weekly mileage as um target for the race so like back when i dropped out of the lap at 70k my peak training at that time was 70k mm-hmm and it was like bang on the exact same number. It was exactly when I was like, I'm done. And I was like, okay, I've, I've seen that written. But for me, that 100% made sense. So like going into Glasgow to Edinburgh, I think I hit 95k or so. Um, Loch Ness. I was trying for 160. I think I did 130. I had the... I just had things come up on the Sunday, but I still felt fine to go. You know, it's like, I want to do these training weeks feeling comfortable because you want to back it up and go into the next week as well. So, so are, are these runs then you're saying distance is it, is it, are you predominantly just running that distance? You're not really worrying about intervals or speed sessions or fartlek or it's just try tick off. How I, how I can fit them in. And it depends what's going on. If there's long social runs at seven minutes, K or trails and, whatever, then that'll be the pace I do. I think the way I think of it is if I'm out running trails, there is going to be that stuff built in naturally. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be technical bits where you're forced to only go zone one. There's going to be bits that are fun. So you just absolutely blast it out at top speed. There's going to be hills that you run. There's going to be hills that you walk. Mm -hmm. So there's, I don't feel a need to put structure in it. I think the one thing I do, and I did it today. So um, one of the guys, Ralph, he runs. Um, so through a tree just does intervals on a Tuesday night and like one person will turn up or two people will turn up, but he, he'll post the session that they're going to do. So I'll go out and run it just as a virtual thing. I live to, um, I'm out on the edge of town, so I just can't make it in every night just depends what's going in but um yeah i'll just go and run this session on a tuesday if that's what i feel like but um on the particularly on the like really big heavy volume weeks um i've been run commuting a lot um which is a great way to saving the time i think it's i'm basically a 40 minute bus or a 45 minute run to work yeah. and i've got showers and stuff there so it's like well, if I'm trying to pack in all this time, the commute's the obvious place to throw it in and you can extend it as well. I did like that when you told us that at the meal. I think you were telling, you were either telling Patrick or Gary. I've um, been speaking to Gary about it because he's been doing yeah. it. Yeah, he's been 
um, especially in his run up to Glasgow to Edinburgh, because he's, I think he's a canal based um, commute. I mean, a lot of his runs on uh, his his selfies are mostly at a canal, um, either that or he just likes pe- pushing people in or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that that training sounds very very similar to my own then because I'm using well for at least for uh, Amsterdam I was trying to use Kaizen as the the basis for my training and it was just distance x distance x week um it would vary depending on what pace i was doing but i didn't really take that into yeah. consideration i would look at the beginning of the week and say i've got to do 45 kilometers this week and i would just i just think it, like in that. terms of long term keeping running long term you can just fit it around things yeah. better yeah like all weeks when i can only do i think last week i was back down at 20k mm-hmm. and it's just the way it works like I don't want to feel guilty about missing stuff. Yeah. But then I'll have a much more productive week this week. Yeah. So let's uh let's go back then a little bit to, to EH3 milers. Um because I don't want to I want to give that a little bit of time as well. How many people would you say are you're up to at the moment at the, the busiest sort of time peak summer uh, is, um, is most popular? Summer is actually not as busy as you'd expect. Okay. I think um, the last two weeks have actually picked back up again, and it's just like dark nights and um, nothing better to do. And I think also just like people like running with other people more at this time of year than, mm-hmm. you know, you're a lot more comfortable going out for a run in the dark yourself over the summer months than you are um, at this time of year. So I think there's that kind of brings a little up uptick and obviously a pub's nice and cozy in the winter saves your heating bill at home so um yeah we're 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 hovering around 50 on a normal wednesday 20-ish on 15 to 20 on the thursdays and then um we've got sunday coffee runs um when the guys put those on and um the big the big weekend days out when when I can make them happen, um, we generally just cap those at 30 because they're um, it's a good enough number, um, especially for like 20K across the hills. And you're going to have the more people you have, the more likely you're going to have an accident or something. So it's just trying to keep keep that all under wraps. But um, yeah, overall, the groups were 250 plus active people on the chat group. So um, it's been a really really strong solid year um and i know there's a lot there's a lot more competition there's a lot of other groups um so it's it's great that we're we're still staying relevant in amongst that um which is good i would i would say like i, I don't really have feelers on a lot of the groups in in the area especially because so far south but it is a very large group compared to the ones that i do know about um, how do you keep track of it all then? Is it, is it through just through Halo um, or, or do you have other means to kind of know who may or may not appear? Um, by which I mean as well, if someone then wanted to get involved, how would they go about getting involved? And then how would you keep track of them? Uh, yeah, so we, we do everything through Halo. So Halo, um, basically previously we've used 
a mix and match and you know not everyone's on instagram these days not everyone's on facebook not everyone's on this or that um various other systems charge money um which is obviously difficult when you're trying to run a club for free mm-hmm. um but halo is absolutely fantastic for running um this sort of group the the guys that run it um i've had calls with eric he's very um he's a, he listens to all feedback um they've implemented a few things to make things work better for us as well um but it just lets us run um events and also gives proper channels for everything um it's cut down on like if you have a specific event and you have a chat for it um following on from that there you, you can get clickiness and traditional ways of doing things but um halo just punts everything back into the group and it's so the whole group just functions a lot better um but yeah you can you can find us on instagram and facebook and then it just channels you through to halo where all the latest and i just have to do one update in there which is good do you you then do you you have an issue at all with with because with a lot of groups you're always going to have cliques and um people that will only run with other people or that side that side of almost schoolyard <laughs> crap effectively um, um, do you have much no of no we don't it's like just the way the the nights run it's um you're kind of it's hard for that to exist in okay. the way that we run. it's um very much one one big group one big happy family um and everyone that comes through is like, yeah. I think um, the thing the thing I've been thinking recently is people talk about like mindedness, but I think it's not. People aren't like minded. They've got a shared interest, mm-hmm. but there is so much difference in. There's so many individuals and in, you know all sorts of backgrounds and everything. Um, which is, I think, it's good to mix that up with um not just the people you generally um meet and chat to but a full cross-section of everyone it's it's brilliant yeah so it's like leave your egos at the door what good spread of society in a way from your doctors to your uh shop workers to your drivers far too many doctors yeah. far too many doctors right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you've got a, an issue that you can't get to the nhs head along to the ehc mileage and become a, a member so you can speak to a doctor no they, none of them none of, none of them <laughs> it's the same i think we've got about 10 physios um and none of them will do anything so. <laughs> that's not so fun is it what's the point of being in a running group if you're not going to use your skills to help other people um so you're 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 saying um then you've got you've got the Halloween thing coming up and you try and keep things fresh and um different for for the group as well. Um is there much else happening? You just kind of keep your events ticking over. You had the Pentlands uh, a few weeks ago, did you? Yeah, we had um we had the Pentlands. Um well that was it was technically well um Kernefi, who's an old um, one of the more established, um, they're a hill running group in Edinburgh, um, but they had a race that got cancelled very last minute um, due to some landowners um, not being particularly 
open access to the countryside friendly. So um, a few groups went out for a social run because we were all still allowed to. So we had... Um, so you had your event without having the event. Exactly. And it was it was an awesome day. Um, there was 20 of us up. We So we had four out on the full... Um, the full Pentland Skyline route, which is a fairly hefty day out. It's around 17 miles and um, I'm going to cross Imperial metric, sorry, but 17 miles and about 2,000 metres of elevation. Yeah. So it's, it's a fairly big day out for um, city folks like us. So we had four out on the full Pentland Skyline and then I went out and found a, a route I called the Edinburgh Skyline, which was um, 12k and about 500 metres. So a much more like we had um two people out on their first trail run and their first ever trail run so um we were able to just introduce trails to a few more people just make it a little bit more um open to everyone um, and then yeah there was about 200 people back in the pub at the end so um yeah it was a good a good showing of support for um, these sort of events going on can I suggest a new name for that one instead of Edinburgh Skyline? Then, can, we, can you name it the Fisher Price Skyline because it's like your first your first skyline before you then <laughs> go up to the. You might the... as well rebrand the H three Milers the Fisher Price running. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, good. So, the... No, no, we're not going to call it that. No, uh... you're not going to call it. That's mean, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, then I suppose using because you you obviously influence a lot of people and you use a lot of your guidance and stuff to to kind of steer that group. Um, so for for me or for anyone else that's thinking about it, like going back to what we're talking about with your um, ultra marathon cap back on, but also with your uh, group leader um, outfit on as well. If someone wants to get involved in more ultra running type um, lifestyle, whether it's in the Pentlands or not. What, what, what would be your advice? Because I've had what, four ultra runners on. I've not actually asked them a similar question to that. Um, I'd say slow it down. Um, like one of my... The, the big things that I enjoy about running ultras is I'd say it's probably the most social way of running. Like if you, when you do your ultra next year, Steve, um, <laughs> you'll, you'll find for yourself, it's it's just a much more relaxed pace. You'll be mm -hmm. chatting to everyone all the way along. You When you get to an aid station, it's not just down a glass of water, smash a gel and go. You're standing around having a cup of tea. It's just, it's a much more relaxing way of, obviously you're doing a very big day and a very big effort. Um and the guys at the front are absolutely racing the thing. But for most people running ultras, it's not this intimidating thing that um, people make it out to be. It's like, it's a nice day out. It's, you'll be speaking to people, you'll be enjoying it. So the way to get into it, um, I mean, I, I think how we do it through H3 is something I, I like a lot, which is, um i've spoken about the first days but then the other ones we do are we do brewery runs every so often so mm -hmm. these are um i do them about, about 20 kilometers they're three hours long so um you can tell from that it's 
you, most people are of a standard to take part in these. Um, social paced. Very social paced. There's time to walk. There's time to enjoy the views at the top. There's time to chat. We'll have, you know, we might go from one village to another village where there's a shop and then across to another village where there's a brewery. Mm-hmm. There'll be trains or buses. Everything will be all sorted. You'll know, you know, we we tell you where the last toilet is, where the next toilet is. Um, it's just all sorted and taken care of. And it's, a, they are kind of like mini ultras in a way. Okay. Um, the only difference with an ultra is you do f- probably like three of those. Yeah. And you'll eat a bit more real food. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really not as intimidating as people make out. And I think it's like, I find that running ultras, I can train with other people a lot more than I could if I was running road running. Yeah. And that's what I enjoy about it. Yeah. I just need to get people to run with now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, you know, I'm I'm talking about all these, there's been a lot more run groups in Edinburgh, but there's quite a few popping up everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I've spoken to two people in the last week who've been asking about, you know, what's the best way to go about things and insurance and all this sort of stuff. And there's, um, I'm in a group um, called Run Club Collective, which was started by um, Jess, who started Run Talk Run. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just bringing like Run Club leaders together and talk through all the, the good, the bad and the ugly, the best ways of doing stuff, the worst ways of doing stuff. Um Learn from other people's experiences, yeah. effectively. But, yeah, they, they, these groups are they're growing everywhere, um, and I think it's like I know I'm far from the only one who doesn't feel at home in a athletics setting and an athletics club. And um, obviously, you've been in the pub with me ranting about um, <laughs> yeah what I call corporate communities. But um, yeah. I think it's yeah. nice to have a place like I work a corporate job. It's nice to have a place that's away from. It's just people putting runs on for fun. And yeah, it's, it's different having, I suppose, then a name to your group, but then running so, under a brand it has implications. Just, it's just yeah. um, a group of people putting good fun nights out on. Or do yeah. That. So the people that are coming along are coming along for the fun of it rather than anything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it just, it's a really good mindset of people that come along. <clears throat> Cool. Then I suppose going sticking on the topic of ultra running, what other than getting revenge on um, that final five <laughs> kilometers, what else is coming up for yourself on the horizon? Do you, do you have much more planned, or is it you really just? <laughs> I actually have a road marathon, which is unbelievable. But um, yeah, I, I won the lottery last year, so I got into London marathon. Um, so I'm currently learning to run again. <laughs> I've got in in four weeks' time. I've got the um, blast running water relief half, which mm-hmm. is a very downhill half in Edinburgh. Um, but I think that'll be my first like um, actual half marathon run since June last year. And by that, I mean like actual non-stop running. So like even you know in an ultra. You'll run 10k to an aid station, then you'll stop off for five minutes. Yeah. Like I'm talking actual 
non-stop running so um yeah I'm, I'm just learning to run that bit more um so i'll have london marathon next april and then three weeks later i'll have my return to the lap um and let's see later in the summer there's um obviously a lot of things floating around there's um there's talk of a return to Loch Ness I'm not sure if I'm <laughs> I, I think what I did with the lap is nice I think having a one-year break before you go back to the scene of the crime is good so yeah. um yeah I'm I'm in the early stages of working out what's next and I think I've got a good one but I just need to work it all out at the moment it's probably going to be something a little bit different something that'll keep me interested um but um yeah next time steve mm. <laughs> yeah it's, it's not up for sale yet either so um no. i haven't committed <laughs> myself to go even though it is it is my local um i haven't committed to it it would be very nice to go back again and the amount of effort and time and, and the, the time i have for the management team as well um but i don't know it's I've had the I've had the mixed the sunny the, the really sunny hot day that was terrible to run in and then the super wet <laughs> miserable day which was terrible to run in. Um, I, I don't, the only way it could get worse is if it was like Amsterdam and had hailstones. Um, but I would hope in August we wouldn't be having those. Um, so you're keeping busy at least. May, may I make a recommendation for your half and for your your road life then? It's going to be a pair of Nike shoes. Get a pair of Nike shoes and make them orange. <laughs> <laughs> and you too could be chasing down, um, chasing down the elites. I didn't know you were sponsored by Nike. <laughs> I'm not yet. <laughs> Walking away and they'll give it to you. I mean, I've had a Nike sponsored uh, athlete on. I mean, they, they must be taking taking some sort of notice by now. I'd hope. <laughs> That's all good. That's that's all sounding positive. Um, a bit of variation as well, which is always nice. It's not just the same old, same old. Um, so no, grand. I think that's unless you've got anything else you want. Do you want to add anything else to to the conversation before I I let you get back to your evening? No, I think we're we're all good. Just to thanks, Steve, and obviously just a massive thanks to everyone I've run with over the years. Um, it's been a lot of fun times and surely many more ahead before we go then just a, as a reminder to anyone that is interested in h3 or uh, finding yourself where's the best avenues to to do so uh, um, for both h3 and yeah as i say your profile uh yeah so h3 is um we're on instagram as h3 milers and i think it's the same on facebook but through there um, there'll be a link to an app called Halo, H-E-Y-L-O. Um, and then if you just sign up there, add a profile photo um, and a name, then you'll be in and you can join any runs as you wish. Um, I, I don't think we never actually, did I tell you? the So the Instagram, I mean, it's you can follow it if you want. It's um, <laughs> runs.a.lap. Um I only started it because I took over H3 a couple of years ago and um, I had no idea how social media worked. So I, I just started it for doing that. And that's why there's no selfies or training background, but there's 
an occasional tidbit of wisdom, maybe, um, at least in my book. But join yeah, us one of the you're, you're, yeah, it's a better wisdom. You're pro- I like your profile. It's just, like you said, it's 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 got the rough with the smooth. Um, but you certainly put a lot more out on the H three. I don't know if that's just you or whether that's the. Just don't the, have any guys. time left after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, running more than one profile takes its time. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for joining me, dude, and thanks for supporting the podcast from pretty much day one as well. It's been it's been awesome to finally kind of meet up with you more recently and uh, yeah our two interviews as well all good we'll see you next time you're done see you soon cheers Steve and there we have it if anyone was ever in any doubt of there being some genuinely really helpful awesome people in the running community Chris is the evidence of that In fear of repeating myself, I just have to say again, Chris has been a massive help to my journey towards uh, the massive success that I had in Amsterdam. But moreover, he has influenced and helped a lot of people in the running community. And not just those who run with the EH3 milers, it goes far and beyond around the globe. He is there to support everyone And uh, if you don't follow him, I would highly recommend you give him a follow and uh, just show your appreciation to an awesome character. I know he'll be listening, at least I hope he'll be listening, seeing as I hope that all guests listen back to their episodes. But hopefully he is happy with the results of the re-recording. Personally, I thought the original was spot on in its own, but... I'm here to make sure that the guests are happy as well as myself. If you are in the Edinburgh area and you are looking for a social running group to get involved with, you can get in contact with the EH3 milers as Chris kind of um, indicated at the end of the interview. I would highly recommend it. I mean, I follow a lot of people who are members of the group and they have such amazing things to say about not only the group as a whole, the social events that they host, but also the other um, runners that that go along. They're from all walks of life. They're all abilities. It's not just all racing snakes, but it's all just social plodding. There's a, there's a good range of um, abilities, ages, and as I say, walks of life there. For me, I will continue to stay in contact with Chris on the regular, but especially as I look ahead to possible events for 2024. Now, at the moment, I still don't have any drive to sign up for another marathon, at least a road marathon. But as I settle into a a routine again, as my mind kind of thinks, what am I going to do next? What's my next goal? And Chris knows fine well that I am thinking about ultras and I will be calling upon his knowledge, his expertise and his experience if I do sign up for anything. I know that my Who Dropped the Dibber team one buddy, Lorna, also a local to the area, uh, has 
gone and signed up for the Ultra X 50 Scotland. Um, that is an event that has been previously mentioned on the podcast because, of course, the lovely Kaylee, the Happy Diet, ran that this year. And previous guest Emily in the outdoors also ran it, as we found out in a previous episode Um, Being that it's a local event to me, it runs from Fort Augustus to almost the campsite of the Loch Ness 24 at Doors Village. It would be rude not to at least give it some consideration. I also have to bear in mind that when I finished Amsterdam, I had a lot left in my tank. Sure, it was a flat marathon and obviously on road, but... When you consider 50k, when you consider what a marathon is at 42k, I'm pretty confident that I could achieve a non-stop 50 kilometer run. I know the route. I've the it's very similar to the Loch Ness Marathon route, just a lot of trail, and you've got a really tasty, as I say, spicy hill actually at the beginning of the event, but. I'm quite happy to get into the ultra way of life and walk up the hills and run down them when I have the ability to do so. But as I say, I will be calling upon Chris if and when that time comes. Of course, mentioning a previous guest there in Emily in the Outdoors, uh, my guest in the next episode will actually be a returning guest as well and Emily's partner in crime from the Adventure Blether podcast. I'll, of course, be welcoming back my good friend of old and partner in crime for Emily, Hannah Kibble, otherwise known as Han Van Ventures. It was really good to be able to dedicate an episode purely to Hannah and showcase everything that she's got going on at the moment but also shine a light about how awesome she did at the Loch Ness 24. But that being said I'm going to draw the episode to a close here and all that's left to do is share the platforms and avenues that you can use to get in contact with the podcast or where you can find us. We'll start with the means of contact as per usual. If you want to email me, you can do so at the point 99 podcast at gmail.com. You can head on over to our website and use the contact form that's at www.thepoint99podcast.com. We also have an inbuilt player for all episodes. They are also linked to Spotify. Um, there's a link to our merchandise, etc. All the good things. You can search us on Facebook and find us there. And um, just again, just search the point 99 podcast and it will pop up. And then certainly the final um, and most used platform, I suppose, is Instagram. And once again, it's the point 99 podcast. Please feel more than welcome to slide into the DMs or messages or even the email inbox. Let me know what you think about not only this episode, but the show as a whole. On a similar vein, if you have enjoyed the episode, the podcast and anything that you've heard, or even if you haven't, 
Um, it would be great for a review or a rating on Spotify, Apple, or any of the podcast listening platforms of choice. It does help get the podcast out a lot to people that may not have heard of us before. Um, but also, it's nice to be honest. Um, I'm I'm not all here for five stars. I, I do like constructive criticism. I do like to hear what you guys think. And I would like to develop and drive the podcast in the ways that are best for the listeners. Finally, I am going to start putting out some feelers. I've got little packages. I mentioned it in previous episodes. I've got little packages with badges and stickers, the hollow stickers that I shared previously and a few other bits and bobs uh, that I'm hoping to share to some of the biggest supporters uh, for the podcast. The ones that are regularly sharing us on social media, liking, commenting, all the good things. I'm just looking to, to give back a little bit and They are small little things, but I think they make the biggest difference to people to show appreciation. Um, So anyone that is listening, if you feel like you're you're justifiable uh, for one of these packages, let me know. But also I'll be hopefully getting into people's DMs in the next few weeks or at least the next week to get some addresses and start firing these out there. Otherwise, that's me for this episode. Whatever you get up to over the weekend and the week ahead, I hope you stay safe, enjoy your runs, and you'll hear from me soon.